Hey, welcome back to the podcast. This week, we're telling the story of the Hindenburg. Thanks for listening. Hi, Mariah. Hi, Casey. How are you doing? I'm good. How are you? I'm good. I have a special surprise for you. Oh, yeah? Today, we're telling the story of the Hindenburg. Yes. Yes. Oh, I'm pumped. Yeah. Uh, Dear friends, thank you for um, agreeing with Mariah that this is a story we should do. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I'm I'm actually really surprised. I don't know this story very well. I just know the ending of it. Yeah. That's that. I think you're in good company with that. Yeah. 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 And uh, Brian, who only listens to this in that he does the audio engineering, yeah. he was like, oh, that's cool. And I was like, OK, so is this is this what people want? <laughs> is this the content that's designed? Right. So, yeah. So um, the we posted the picture on the Instagram of the Hindenburg. And I don't know if your lovely eye noticed the um, swastika on the back of it. No. Yeah. So the Ooh, Hin- no. the right the Hindenburg ooh, is uh was was built by built by Nazis. Oh shit. Uh, I know. But 1930s, I'm not going to make it. No, there's no but. 1930s right. Nazis, <laughs> no buts. Yeah. But the 1930s we were that um the the time between when the Nazis got power and when everybody noticed that they were bad. So mm. some people noticed. Yeah. Some people noticed. Uh, some people noticed right away. Right away. Some people were were right were way ahead of the game on that. <laughs> yeah. uh, and some people were like noticed their rights being immediately stripped away. So they noticed. Yeah. Right. Yeah. But it was the 30s, and like there was like an American fascist party, and like the like eugenics was a big thing, and like. It was the 30s, so... Right. So, but uh, the Hindenburg, as you know, is not a plane, but but an aviation disaster is an aviation disaster. So uh, the Hindenburg is an airship. So a non-rigid airship is like a balloon, right? When it's sitting there on the ground, when it's not full of air, it's just like a little a little balloon just like laying on the ground all floppy and empty right uh a an airship a rigid airship a zeppelin whatever you want to call it is actually has like a metal frame in there right so even if it's not full of air uh from the outside it'll look pretty much the same it'll hold its shape um and there's like a little bit of like in between and stuff but doesn't matter (laughs) so but the way that airships work right it's obviously different than from the way planes fly uh, and different lighter than air travel right like hot air balloons blimps zeppelins whatever um was the first way that humans figured out how to fly right so Mm. uh a hot air balloon Ooh. so y'all if i'm wrong 
email me and tell me <laughs> nicely, <laughs> please, por favor. But uh, so the, like hot air balloons, right, they manipulate air pressure. Right? So you fire up that little flamey flame and uh, the heat changes the air pressure and the balloon fills up with the hot air and it mm. takes off like a hot air balloon, right? Mm. And uh, hot air balloons, um, you can't really... You can control how high or low they are, but you can't really control like the direction or anything like that. Right. And those were actually invented in uh, 1783. Whoa. Yeah. A super long time ago um, in France. And uh, that's cool. Right. That's fancy. Yeah. So fancy. Right. And really, that's like the birth of the concept of like human flight. And then throughout the next century, century and a half, they changed the design and they used different stuff and they discovered hydrogen which is like wow this is so cool and they discovered helium later and they were like even better not explosive so (laughs) right um helium and hydrogen the molecules are so small right they're so 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 tiny so uh, hydrogen is the smallest and helium is the second smallest little little guy there right because they're so so small they're literally lighter than air they're the maybe they're the lightest chemists i don't know guys um, we're getting emails (laughs) about this one but they're the lightest um like their atomic weight or whatever is the lightest so because they're so much lighter than air if you like capture a bunch of them in an enclosed space that will lift the space right so um they figured out like well we can like just like birthday balloons or whatever we can fill something with this uh gas and that thing will float so they tried different designs and they kind of it was kind of like a novelty like any commercial idea um wasn't really present in people's mind necessarily it was more like a novelty for rich people or like a very cool thing that scientists could do and things like that but around 1900 uh, like pre-World War One Europe, they figured out that you could uh, like Count von Zeppelin or whatever in Germany. <laughs> Great name. He invented the first like rigid airship, right? So he figured out like, okay, so instead of having like a floppy balloon, you make like an actual boat for the sky. Dire- directional navigation on a on a blimp or an airship of any kind right the way it works is uh we've talked about there's like three ways that a plane can move um an airship just has two so you can control the yaw or nope nope that's the one you can't control you can control the (laughs) pitch right the pitch so you can go up or down the nose can point up or down using elevators in the back just like a, a plane and you can control directional like right to left lateral movement um with a rudder like a ship or a plane um but there's no wings to control yaw if that makes sense so um you get a little smaller range of motion but do you really want more range of motion on your like giant balloon (laughs) right right so um the uh they uh in 1900 uh count von zeppelin invented the zeppelin right which is like the first (laughs) modern airship right and people were into it right uh like the design spread there actually were some uh airships that were used in world war one like the u.s had some different uh they used them for like carrying cargo there's some cool stuff like um a an airship could like fly above usually they don't fly very high at all they usually hang out at like 
friggin' 600 feet, 200 meters, right? They're usually oh, wow. not that far off the ground. Um, and this was a time where there wasn't that many really tall buildings, right? Yeah. So, um, but they could fly up really, really high, right? If they wanted to. And that allowed them to like avoid um, like artillery and fire and stuff like that and fly different um, uh, resources uh, to different areas right during world war one and that's cool so so a non-rigid airship or a blimp is like a balloon right when it's sitting there on the ground when it's not full of air it's just like a little a little balloon just like laying on the ground all floppy and empty right uh a an airship a rigid airship a zeppelin whatever you want to call it is actually has like a metal frame in there right so even if it's not full of air uh from the outside it'll look pretty much the same it'll hold its shape um and there's like a little bit of like in between and stuff but doesn't matter (laughs) so Uh, so the way that airships work, right, is obviously different than from the way planes fly uh, and different lighter than air travel, right? Like hot air balloons, blimps, zeppelins, whatever, um, was the first way that humans figured out how to fly, right? So mm. uh, a hot air balloon. Ooh, so y'all, if I'm wrong. Email me and tell me <laughs> nicely, please, <laughs> por favor. But uh, so the, like hot air balloons, right, they manipulate air pressure, right? So you fire up that little flamey flame and uh, the heat changes the air pressure and the balloon fills up with the hot air and it mm. takes off like a hot air balloon, right? Mm. And uh, hot air balloons, um, you can't really... You can control how high or low they are, but you can't really control like the direction or anything like that. Right. Um, I don't know if you've ever seen in uh, Albuquerque. Have you ever seen those? Um, I actually know somebody who went to the Albuquerque like hot air balloon festival. Um, that's like a, you know, it's the desert, eh? So like mm-hmm. nothing to get caught on, nothing to get like <laughs> like snatched by a tree right. or whatever. Um, and there's like different levels where, so at different heights, there's uh, air currents that like run in different directions so you actually can like go up and that air current will like blow you to the north and then you can go down and it'll like blow you back to the south and stuff. It's really cool. Oh, wow. OK. So, yeah. But barring that, they basically you don't have any real control over where the, the the hot air balloon goes. It just goes up or down or wherever else, wherever the wind blows it. So mm. um, and those were actually invented in uh, 1783. Whoa. Yeah. A super long time ago. Um, in France and uh, that's cool right that's fancy yeah so fancy right like in uh, I mean yeah it's just a cool thing so that was like the birth of this concept and really that's like the birth of the concept of like human flight right Um, and then throughout the next century century and a half they um, like changed the design and they used different stuff and they discovered hydrogen which is like wow this is so cool and they discovered helium later and they were like even better not explosive so <laughs> right um helium and hydrogen the molecules are so small right they're so 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 tiny so uh, hydrogen is the smallest and helium is the second smallest little 
little guy there, right? Because they're so, so small, they're literally lighter than air. They're the, maybe they're the lightest chemists. I don't know, guys. Uh, um, we're getting emails <laughs> about this one, but they're yeah. the lightest. Um, like their atomic weight or whatever is the lightest. So because they're so much lighter than air, if you like capture a bunch of them in an enclosed space, that will lift the space, right? So um, they figured out like, well, we can like just like birthday balloons or whatever, we can fill something with this uh, gas and that thing will float. So they tried different designs and they kind of it was kind of like a novelty, like any commercial idea um, wasn't really present in people's mind necessarily. It was more like a novelty for rich people or like a very cool thing that scientists could do and things like that. So um, but around 1900, uh, so uh, like pre-World War One Europe, they figured out that you could uh, like Count von Zeppelin or whatever in Germany. <laughs> Great name. He invented the first like rigid airship, right? So he figured out like, okay, so instead of having like a floppy balloon, you make like an actual boat for the sky, basically, right? They kept uh, improving the design, and finally, in the 20s and 30s, they started to um, end up with a commercial, or they started to, to commercialize it. They started to um, begin commercial flights uh, on airships, which is so cool, right? Yeah. Yeah. So um, a an airship could, it was like particularly useful for flying back and forth across the Atlantic, right? So um, there were some airship companies in the US and there were some in the UK and there were some in Germany and I think there were some in France and they could bounce back and forth. Oh, and uh, Brazil. I don't know if there were any companies actually stationed in Brazil or working out of Brazil, um, but Brazil was another popular location. Um, so uh, the German company that owned the Hindenburg would fly back and forth between um, Germany and the U.S. and Germany and Brazil. Uh, and they traveled much, much, much slower than a plane, right? Uh, the flight <laughs> from New York to Frankfurt, I think, is like seven, maybe eight hours, right? Um, and on a, a Zeppelin, it would take uh, like two and a half to three days geez okay right but compared to a boat which would be you know because planes aren't actually a thing in that way like commercial aviation is is in its absolute infancy in the you know as we move closer to world war ii right a boat would take like 10 days right uh maybe a little faster maybe a little longer depending on the actual specific ship that you were on, how much you could pay, things like that. So way, way faster than that. And also, this so cool, right? So, 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 yeah. so cool to fly across the ocean. I cannot imagine how cool that would be. Like Seriously. And you're like 600 feet-ish up off the water, right? So it would just be, I mean, you could just see for so far. I mean, I don't oh, know, it's just amazing. Yeah. Amazing. I'm here for it. I'm here for it. Let's do it. I know. Listen, Let's seriously. Let's do it right now. <laughs> I would. I'm, we'll come back to it. So like okay. <laughs> the, um, so there, it's not like there were a ton of airships. Your fact, I think last week or the week before was that there's only, how many did you say? How many? Airships 25, I think. 
25. Yeah. Crazy. Like none. Right. 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 Um, but there never were that many, even when they were used commercially, um, because they're expensive to make, obviously. And there's not like a massive market for them. There's a solid market, right? There's rich people who want to go back and forth, but people didn't, you didn't think that you could, you didn't think about going back and forth unless you were like a top, 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 uh, like upper class, politician whatever unless you were one of a very 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 small number of people you wouldn't really consider going to like paris for the for a vacation or whatever right or going to brazil Mm -hmm. for a trip right there's a small number of people who want that um and the idea that like now i would be like really mad if i like needed to get somewhere and there were no flights there i would be like why like what's what's happening why can't i get a plane there right but um at this time people are like obviously willing to be more patient so there's not there's not that many of them and each of them takes a tremendous amount of work and resources to build right so um first you make like the actual frame and um like the the stuff that passengers and crew would see um but inside there they would have these uh like cells these these big bags basically that actually hold the gas that's lifting the the um zeppelin up off the ground right Mm. And that like wraps us back around to this like helium hydrogen question. Uh, So people knew hydrogen was flammable. Like that was like a known thing. Nobody was not a surprise. Nobody was confused to learn that. Right. Um, But it is it is lighter than air. Like it is one of your options. So uh, and your other option is helium and helium. The, the vast majority of helium stores in the world happen to be in the U S so I don't know. This is something that like makes me feel scared when I think about it for some reason, something about this freaks (laughs) me out. So all of the like naturally occurring hydrogen and helium are underground obviously because if they weren't Mm. underground they would float away right it's not so so they're all like trapped and stored underground and you have to like mine them i guess that's not the right word but you have to like get them you know like get them out of the earth or whatever like a right and into a balloon and into a balloon right Right. exactly and um so in the uh late 20s early 30s the u.s had the vast 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 majority of the helium in the world and so even so the the hindenburg they're building the hindenburg and they build it they design it to be filled with helium right Mm. but um nazi germany is like hey america can we buy some of your helium and america said no no you can't (laughs) and i've seen this in some things as kind of like a like go america don't sell helium to nazis um but actually america just didn't sell their helium to anyone they just were not say that was not the reason no no they just weren't selling it to anybody they were just keeping all the helium and i think to this day that's a thing that like i don't know it's kind of weird that we can still get helium balloons because helium is yeah there's a helium shortage there is a helium shortage, right? There literally like, is right now. Why can I buy a helium balloon at CVS for a dollar? Right. Like, why? I don't understand. Gosh. Maybe a shortage. I don't know. I, I don't get it. But Right. I don't either. There's a finite amount. Like, what we have now is all we're ever going to have. So yeah. maybe 
keep your balloons. I don't know. But right, right. The, um, so the uh, Hindenburg had been designed for helium, right, which is not as light as hydrogen, right? So when they said, like, well, we can't get helium, so I guess we got to use hydrogen, um, that actually meant that because it was designed for helium, it was designed to have to hold more of the gas. It Because they replaced it with hydrogen, now it actually has much more lifting power. Like, mm. filled with hydrogen, it could actually carry a lot more weight. I mean, a lot is, it's all relative, right? But it, it could actually carry more, which is like, okay. Okay, like yeah. it's a it's a it's a pro. Like yeah. you know, win some, you lose some. We can carry more stuff now. <laughs> um, the Hindenburg was when it was built in 1936, the biggest thing that flies that humans have ever made, and it is to this day the biggest thing that flies that humans have ever made. Whoa. Yeah. It was massive. So I looked up like different like comparisons. So uh let's look at the notes. Okay. So it was uh eight thousand, nope, eight hundred feet long, which is two hundred and forty-five meters for everybody else. <laughs> and yeah. uh so eight thousand feet long, right? I find that like very hard to conceive of. Yeah. So people talk about them like they're like whales, right? Like they're like giant whales in the sky. They're literally 10, uh, the Hindenburg was 10 times as long as an adult blue whale. No. Yeah. It's huge. An adult blue whale is 80 feet long, which is giant and crazy. Like massive. One, ma like, well, right. One animal soul in like all this body. I just can't get over it. Right. Like I, something I always this is a, I'll, I'll probably end up cutting this out, but I like get tripped out and like think about how like a mouse has one soul and a whale has one soul. I can't. Anyway, yeah. don't tell me animals don't have souls. I don't want to hear it. Don't send me that email. No, we don't want that bullshit. <laughs> email me about anything else, but not that. Yeah. So, <laughs> so um the uh, so it's also another like thing to compare it to is it's two point five times longer than a seven four seven. Wow. Right. It's, Holy it's cow. Huge, 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 huge. Right. Just inconceivably massive. Right. And for all of that hugeness. Right. It can't carry like that much or that many people. Right. Like oh, not it, it can carry like in the like 150 people total range right so Jeez. yeah so it's it, again it's for the wealthiest people like a round trip ticket between europe and uh america was um in today's dollars like eight grand which is still like it probably costs eight grand to buy a business class ticket on right. Air France or whatever between New York and Paris, right? That's that would be eight grand's very that would be a really normal price to pay, right? Mm. So it it was very costly and much more costly than most people could afford, but in a range that we still consider affordable, I guess, right? Yeah. Um, and so like for your ticket, you get like a room, right, and your meals and stuff like that. So it's pretty sweet right and you get the experience of a lifetime right you get to like just float over the expanse of the sea right it's amazing yeah 
<laughs> on board. Okay, so here we go. We've built the, the we're building the the Hindenburg. It's the biggest thing that we've ever made. We gotta fill it up with the with the scary hydrogen instead of the safe helium, right? Um, and so, what do you put on the Hindenburg? A smoking room. Oh yes, we love yes. to see it. We love we, it. You love to see it. You're not gonna tell people not to smoke in 1936. You can't do it. <laughs> I'm Can't be terrified. Done. It's filled what? with gas. It's filled with gas. <laughs> Don't but like a do single that. spark can ignite. Seriously? But they were smart about it. They know what they're putting in the plane. Sure, so sure. And, and you figure, honestly, if you're floating like halfway across the Atlantic Ocean, even if it was filled with helium, if it just like catches fire, you're in trouble, right? There's no lifeboats yeah. on the, no. the Hindenburg, right? So the um so on board there's two decks right so there's the um lower deck b deck i don't they they used uh letters so the b deck is the deck that you um walk up onto so the way uh you board is they have the hindenburg or any zeppelin down nice and low and there's like little ramps right and because it's just floating there right which again is also really really cool right Mm. and so it's just floating there and you like walk up the little gangplank or whatever onto the b deck the first floor right and on that first floor is the smoking room because it's further away from the (laughs) Poison, sure. The, the explosive gas, right? Um, and they have the smoking, and it is the only place on board where you're allowed to smoke, which I find like one of the things I think about is like there were definitely people like sleeping in there, right? Because there were people at this time who were just not gonna not gonna go hours without smoking. There was no culture of like no. going out for a smoke. People were right. just smoking wherever they felt like it. But uh, it's pressurized so that. Um, if you open the door that air pours in instead of out and there were people who um were like you know servants or whatever in there that basically tried to like like if you finish your cigarette and like put the like butt that was still like on fire with still like a little ember on it or whatever if you put it in the ashtray they would like put it out immediately like because you're not going to do that you're a rich person right but they would like stamp it out for you to like try to minimize such a such a system right so um job amazing just just making it work making it work uh so um on that same floor is the kitchen and uh like where they cook the food um because i guess that's also a source of flame right and the like crew mess hall right where the crew would eat and then on that lower deck there's also like the first row of windows where you and they're like they're down and at an angle right so they're not going to be up where the windows in your house would be they're pointing at an angle downward so when you look out you could see you know the ocean right or or the city or whatever you were floating over and um, then you go up to the a deck and there's the bedrooms which are like you know little right but but a bedroom right like a room um right. there were i think 17 passenger rooms i think was what i saw and uh so again it's not made for like a ton of people but and each of the rooms had two beds there's a reading room <laughs> like a little like just like a quiet library type room um not with books um and we'll get to that in a second uh there was a uh 
lounge, right, and the dining area and um, one bathroom. <laughs> and so that, that brings us to this idea that like everything is designed to be as light as possible. Mm. Mm-hmm. So it's like luxurious. It's like, you know, this um, very luxe experience for rich people in so many ways. Um, but at yeah. the same time, it has to be as light as possible. So like every single thing on board uh, was like placed there with the weight in mind. So mm-hmm. uh, things like the like water is very heavy, right? So the like water was rationed on board and they wanted you to like minimize. I mean, it's in the 30s. I don't think I think a lot of people would just go three days without taking a shower. I don't think that would have been considered weird. Right. Right. I, I think that would have been super normal. Right. And did people even drink water in the old days? <laughs> but um, but the just like booze and coffee, but like the, <laughs> you know, water was rationed, um, which means that your use of the bathroom is like not limited, but it's a different experience. Um, and the, there was a grand piano on it. Right. Because this is oh luck. Oh, my God. But it was made out of aluminum. To keep it as light as possible, right? Right. Yeah. So everything is made out of like, oh, the the furniture was all wicker. Like it was just Ugh. they just because it's the it's it's a time where like plastics didn't exist yet, right? right. So it's natural fibers. Um, the the cells that held the um, hydrogen in this case on the Hindenburg were made out of cotton, like like very tightly woven specialty mm. cotton, but other. other zeppelins right they needed a material that wouldn't allow this like very tiny molecule to escape and other zeppelins they used uh like cow stomachs or like ox stomachs i i read both i don't know if it's just people not knowing which it is or if they could use both but whatever they use like the stomachs because like the stomach of an animal is not supposed to leak anything, I guess. Right, right? yeah. I think so, a lot of people use stomachs for stuff, right? I've heard that before. I don't I know exactly st- what, but... Yeah, no, I think you're right. I think stomachs have a long history of uh, like being, being bags. Yeah, being bags, yeah. Isn't that what... Yeah, I think that's real. Or like yeah. the bladder balloons from Little yeah. House on the Prairie. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, use what you got, I guess. Um, so, uh, so that's like the all the places that the uh, passengers could visit. Um, for the crew, there was so there's this little box right that at the belly of the Hindenburg, right where passengers could be. Um, but there were actually things all along the whole bottom, right. So from almost the very tip of like the nose all the way to the tail, there were, there was like a, basically like a gangplank. They called it a heel corridor. Right. Um, Hmm. And it was like a walkway and everything is spaced out for like weight and balance reasons. Um, But you could walk like toward the tail of the ship from the passenger area along this pathway and um, there would be like maybe a room would be here and then like in a hundred feet there would be like another room or another room. Um, There were, uh, there was a mail room and a radio room and then there was like a command center room and in the command center there were two wheels like on a boat, like on a pirate ship, like to steer. Mm -hmm. And um, the one of the wheels controlled the rudder, right? So the right, left lateral movement and the other wheel controlled the elevators. So the pitch of the nose up Mm. and down, right? 
four engines. So there's you're not using any uh, fuel to keep the plane lifted, but you do need engines to push it in the direction that you're going, right? So there are four mm. engines uh, all on like the... Um, kind of like back belly of the plane of the plane of the Hindenburg and <laughs> and that's it that's what we got right wow so that's the Hindenburg amazing oh I wish I could see it I know I would love to like walk through that how cool would that be so cool Gosh. so cool I wonder if anyone's done like made a replica of it someone should I'll have to look it that would, up yeah it would be because it's really hard to conceive of the size yeah it's so, so, so massive. Like, I think about how big a 747 is. I, it's yeah. just crazy. To I mean, imagine. how tall is like the Statue of Liberty? Like 300 feet or something. Mm. So like that feels right. two and a half <laughs> Statue of Liberty is like, that's crazy. Right. And the other thing is that like it's massive around. Right. Yeah. So it's like two and a half times as long as a 747, but it's way, way bigger than a 747. Right. Right. Like you could fit like many 747s inside of that giant whale body. Right. <laughs> so, uh, okay. So you got the Hindenburg, beautiful, gorgeous plane, right? Just a marvel. Right. Amazing. Uh, they successfully use it like a bunch. Like it flies back and forth across the ocean. It flies from here to there. It, wow. it does its thing. Right. It's rolling around. People love it. It's a marvel. It's great. Right. Flying that little swastika over New York City. Like, God, what a time. What a time. <laughs> so, uh, so it's doing all of these like back and forth uh, trips. It's doing its little little Nazi thing uh, rolling along uh, 1936 goes goes great great times for the Hindenburg and 1937 rolls around and we're getting there right we're going along like nothing's wrong um, and then on May 3rd 1937 the Hindenburg boards up with 97 people and uh, Two thirds of them are passengers. One third is crew. So uh, we're gonna fly this to Lakehurst, New Jersey. Yep. Yep. Which, like, something about that, just like the idea, like New Jersey. Why? I mean, I know, I get it, but like, it's close right. to New York. Right. But so we're we're gonna take the two and a half day trip to New Jersey. With 97 souls on board. And uh, off we go. Uh, so it like bloop bloops along 600 or so feet above the water for two and a half days. It's a little bit slower than it's supposed to be. It takes a little longer. It gets a little behind schedule, right? Which isn't ideal because like anything else in aviation, the idea here is that it's going to turn right back around and go back out. Right. Mm. So uh, the way the uh, you we talked about boarding. So the way that the uh, uh, Zeppelin lands, for lack of a better word. Right. Um, there are these like giant masts. Right. These huge, huge, huge. Uh, like antenna things that come out of the earth. Right. And it's called the mooring mast. And they put they like dock like the little nose of the Zeppelin onto that little mooring mast. And somebody clicks it into place. They like they they hook they hook it basically up there, 
And then they drop down ropes and people on the ground just like pull it down. Jeez. Right? Because it is just floating there, right? Right. It's yeah. Just a really different thing, right? So uh the Hindenburg like bloop bloops along nice and slow. It go like 85 miles an hour, right? Which is like okay. All right. like, that's yeah. that, that time. That's friggin' fast, right? Yeah, that's pretty fast. It's fast in a car right now. Like yeah. it's fast. So uh it it makes its way across the ocean and it's coming into New Jersey and uh it's even though it's been, you know, it's it's a year old, right? And it's been doing stuff, but it's still like absolutely just like hot news right and so there's a bunch of different like news stations and stuff like that um all like ready to you know see this marvel right uh and so and there's people waiting and it's coming in 12 hours late so Ooh. everybody who's been like sitting here waiting for it to get here is oh like okay God. okay it's coming we're ready right oh. so they see it coming around and it floats and as it's floating over them they can see that like the tail is low right so a lot of effort goes into trying to keep a zeppelin as um level as possible right for comfort obviously because otherwise everything's like tilted inside the cabin um but they can see the tail is a little bit low right and so like they're gonna have to check that out right when it gets in uh it makes like a big circle over the crowds and turns back toward the mast it uh hooks on to the mooring mast right we're we're here right all of the passengers on board the hindenburg are like down on that gang or on the the b deck right waiting to get off it's like everybody's just like hanging out right below it the they throw the ropes down at 9.21 p.m., they drop the ropes down, right? Everybody, uh, like the men, the 12 men who have to go and like grab the rope to like pull it down are down there. They grab the rope and slowly they start to pull it down toward the earth. All of a sudden, like flames erupt. Oh, no. Back of the airship. Uh, between the fourth and fifth cell from the back, uh, something ignites. The flames instantly travel, boom, 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 all the way down through each cell. People are standing on the V-deck. People are were, were there ready to go, ready to, to hop off and see their families. A lot of those people just jumped off and ran. Oh, right? wow. The people who were down below, right, they took off, right? It took one minute. Oh, my God. One minute for the entire Hindenburg to be burned to ash. Holy hell. It's starting to rain again. The rain had uh, cracked up a little bit. They back notice that the ship are just holding it uh, just enough to keep it from... It burst into flames. Get it started. Get it started. It's rising. And it's rising. It's rising. Terrible. Oh, my. Get out of the way, please. It's burning and bursting into flames and, and it's falling on the morning fast. And all the folks between that this is terrible. This is the one of the worst catastrophes in the world. Oh, it's, 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 it
It's a terrific crash, ladies and gentlemen. The smoke and the flames now. And the famous crashing to the ground. Not quite to the mooring mass. All the humanity and all the fans are just beaming around it. I told you. I can't even talk to people. His friends are out there. It's, 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 uh, oh. I, I can't talk, ladies and gentlemen. Honestly, just laying there a mass of smoking wreckage. And everybody can hardly breathe and talk and screaming. Lady, I, I, I'm sorry. Honestly, I, I can hardly breathe. I, I'm going to step inside while I cannot see it. Charlie, that's terrible. I, I can't. I, listen, folks, I, I'm going to have to stop for a minute because I've lost the voice. This is the worst thing I've ever witnessed. So that was a minute, right? Holy it cow, just, yeah, I mean, the video's a minute. Right. It just went from from there and fine to gone. Oh, my gosh. I mean, it really goes up. Yeah. Like, I, 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 I encourage everyone to watch the video. Like, if you can't handle despair yeah. in video form, don't. But it mm. really, I mean, there's, like, you can't picture it in your head well enough. Like, it really just, yeah. holy jeez. Yeah. And the I don't know how well you could hear the um uh what's more Oh the like announcer, yeah. Yeah, Herb Morrison. Um so he I mean that is so raw, right? He's there seeing it and uh Herb Morrison was like a Chicago based journalist, uh like radio journalist who went just to cover the Hindenburg and how cool it is and um that you know, very famous recording is, I mean, that's a human witnessing something so awful. And yeah. he like, I, I kind of, I don't know. It's hard to imagine because he like kind of, he kind of stayed in it as best as he could. Like he was trying to like report what he's seeing. He's like mm -hmm. describing what he's like things to the, the folks at home. Right. But at the same time, he's like yelling to people to like, get away from there or he like again I, I don't know what his vantage point was on this so mm -hmm. the the video that exists and the recording that exists were not actually created as one unit right mm -hmm. they were turned into one unit afterwards so mm -hmm. uh herb morrison whose voice you hear is uh, a radio journalist so he was just making an audio recording and whoever yeah. made the visual recording was somebody totally separate so the vantage point that we see um, isn't necessarily Herb Morrison's vantage point. And I say that just because one of the things that he explicitly talks about in that recording is seeing the families of people who were mm. waiting to meet their family member on board the Hindenburg. Yeah. Right. And just the, yeah, like the humanity of not only like this, the suffering, but just, it just, it's, it's unbelievable to imagine. Right. Yeah. It's unbelievable what, to imagine. What time of year or yeah, what time of year was this again? Yeah, May. It was May. And May, so it okay. was a mild, like probably a beautiful day. Yeah. Still like light outside ish at night. And not to mention they were twelve hours late. So the anticipation is building right. for that right. long to see your family. And then at the and last right second. There. God. Right. right. Damn. Right the right there. 
I didn't realize it went up in flames. I thought it hit something and it, it exploded that way. I didn't realize. Right. So. Jeez. Of the 97 people on board. 62 people actually survived. Oh, wow. I was not expecting that. It's amazing. That's yeah, that's pretty incredible. Uh, 35 people died. Mm. Um, it's amazing that so many people survived. Um, if, like you said, if it had been, if it had just hit something or yeah. um, had something happen in a different context when they weren't um, so close to the ground and people weren't prepared to get off anyway, then everyone on board might have died. But as it mm. is, thank God, I mean, most of the people did live. It's horrific to think about the people who died. It is God, so, yeah. so, so horrific. Seriously. Um, and I can't imagine like, I can't imagine the, like being in the crowd. Right. And you can see that some people are running away and you like the confusion, like not knowing if like you're going to see people who are like holding their loved one who's on board and you're going yeah. to see people who, um, who haven't found the person they love yet. And I don't know. It's just, yeah, it's just horrific. Yeah. I was thinking like that's exactly how it felt in Buffalo when right. I was at the airport and that right. plane crashed. Um uh we'll, we'll definitely we'll, tell we'll tell that story at length. Yeah. But. Another time. So like that question of like what caused it to burn, like what caused the the explosion, um, is really it's not exactly answerable, but it's also not exactly a mystery. So mm. it's full of flammable material, right? And the flammable material ignited. Like that's that's what happened. Right. Um the uh it there's reason to think because we have video and we can see with our own eyes that there's a longer version of that video because obviously they were recording before um before the explosion, but mm. um where the fire started and uh, and the like lower tail of the zeppelin indicates that there was very likely a leak in the one of the cells in the back of the the zeppelin. And so, if there's a leak with something as flammable as hydrogen, it really could be like literally static electricity. Like just right. a spark. Like I've had that happen. I worked at an office that was super, super dry and you could like see sparks just shaking somebody's hands. Right. Jeez. And so it might've just been static electricity. There's not at the right when it happened, there was um, people were worried that it was, you know, sabotage or um, that they like that there was some kind of, you know, nefarious action. There's not any reason to think that they at the time they ruled it out, um, it looks like the the story that goes, there was a leak for some reason. It ignited due to uh, static electricity causing a spark. Like that story checks out. Mm. Um, we'll never know for sure, but it looks like that's what happened. Wow. Um, and this just ended airships forever. Yeah. Like so there had been much, much worse accidents than this one. There mm. are horrific, horrific stories. I don't if if anybody wants those, 
email us and tell us, I guess, but the, um, we love to hear from you. (laughs) Um, but the, uh, this is the first time anyone's ever seen anything like this, right? Like this played in like movie theaters, the radio broadcast was like widely, widely circulated. It was the first radio broadcast that was ever played like nationally from coast to coast like every single place in the country like heard this radio broadcast whenever we see these things we see the film and the hear the broadcast together Mm. they combined them at that time and played them like that in movie theaters people saw that and people just weren't having it people just weren't going to go for it and the thing is is that like if they had filled them with helium they they are safe right or they were like relatively safe um so there is like an alternative world where everybody was just like okay so hydrogen's out but helium (laughs) is still here at the same time world war ii broke out you know, not long after at all. And um, the resources all went into that, obviously. Um, yeah. And they uh, and and planes got better because yeah. of, you know, wartime innovation, frankly. Right. Uh, like aviation grew. And on the other side of World War Two, suddenly, if you want to spend eight grand to go to Europe, you might be able to hop on a plane. Right. right like that's right. might be a real re- uh, option. And you get there in. I don't know at the time I imagine it took longer to fly to Europe on a plane like significantly longer but it probably didn't take three days so and so that was that people were freaked out for obvious reasons and and the whole industry just bottomed out there is something a little interesting so the the company that um, like the German company that created the Hindenburg um, was uh, like folded and obviously after this um but they actually like reopened it or like opened a new company with that name uh in germany relatively recently and yeah like in in the 2000s and they uh, are trying they have two zeppelins they have two airships and they actually do do stuff with them so that the 25 or however many you said like two of them are owned by this company wow. and they're trying to make it a thing like because it's cool oh yeah it's super cool it's it's cool yeah would and, you would you go like across the sea in one hmm. yes across yeah. the sea across the ocean yeah not for you Ooh, i would want to desperately but that that's Scary, if they could right? figure out a way where there's lifeboats, yeah, one trillion percent. You'd want lifeboats, wouldn't you? I know. Yeah, or like, like I'm sure the technology exists that they can track the like where it is and shit. If it, you know, right. so they can come save us. If right, happens. right. Yeah, it is kind of amazing that in all of these stories, like I, I, I mean, maybe one exists, but I don't. It's not like passengers uplands did fall into the ocean, right? Which seems. Mm-hmm seems possible right like but no i think it's just super cool it's just really yeah. really cool um like a, it's probably silly because i think that like a cruise doesn't sound good but like this sounds cool <laughs> so a like balloon think, over the ocean does yeah i don't know it's it's it, it's like a little bit i don't know there's so many things i'm sure you've had this experience where something is like this is going to be really really scary scary like yeah. my my body is telling me not to do this right like this is super super scary and then you do the thing and you're like oh it's it's fine it's fine it's fine, it's fine. yeah it's totally fine and, this wasn't and scary. Ev- 
<laughs> right. And every once in a while, your body will kind of be like, hey, this is scary. And yeah. then you like feel like that little, you know, thrill of fear or whatever. And then you're like, yeah. no, no, it's okay. It's okay. <laughs> and I feel like that would be my feeling on the three days, like blooping across the ocean. Yeah. <laughs> but I also think that that's what that's what allowed them to put hydrogen in it right was this like yeah. it's not safe and they're like but it's but it's fine like it's but fine it's fine like, right right i mean this was germany's only airship disaster ever wow this is it that's incredible yeah they had a perfect record yeah and then this one and honestly Jeez. for like the time yeah i don't know it's just crazy, crazy. well i mean even the reporter at the end like is like um you know, like, I, I can't even talk anymore. Like, I don't even know what I'm watching, you know? Right. Just right. like that horrifying, like, okay, this is done. This is over. Yeah. There's a, there's a long version of that broadcast. That's like, you know, like there's a very long, like the full broadcast. Yeah. And, um, he did like have to compose himself mm. and then like go back to reporting. And he kept Jeez. doing that. And I don't know if you remember like the reporting on nine 11, yeah. At all. And like there were people who were just having to switch between that, you yeah. know, composing themselves or when JFK was killed, different things mm -hmm. like there are or fucking 2016. Yeah. Like, like there just are times where 2021, yeah. January oh 6th. God. God almighty. Yeah. Yeah. Jeez. Yeah. Crazy. Well, right, because it's like that that breakdown between this is my job. I can do this with like I can separate it from reality. And then once you you like your lizard brain kicks in and is like, wait, this is reality. I can't actually talk about this without reacting. You know, right. it's like, oof. Well, I think anybody who has like a um, any kind of emergency job, right, that requires you to function in an emergency situation right where mm. you um i think a lot of times the people who are attracted to those uh roles are people who benefit from having like a place to direct that energy you know like mm -hmm. okay mm -hmm. i'm I, yeah. I don't have to figure out what to do i'm gonna do my job right yeah and then like you said your lizard brain kicks in and it's just like like uh, like no oh my god no this is so scary like or yeah. this is so horrifying mm -hmm. or um, and you try to like shift between those two modes. Right. But. Goodness. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. I mean, I am, I am surprised people lived. I really thought everybody died. I had a lot of misconceptions about that, I think. Yeah, that's <laughs> like, reasonable. That's reasonable. Yeah. Right. Um, Jeez. yeah, I was, I, I wouldn't have guessed if you had, um, if you had said like, like I, I would have guessed the other way. So if you gave me these two numbers, if you said there were 97, 95 people, whatever on board mm. and, um, and like two thirds blank and, and one third blank, I would have right. thought two thirds died. Yeah, right? exactly. Like I would have, I, I think it's amazing that people, um, nobody on the ground was killed, which is amazing. Yeah. I wonder um, if there are any like old interviews of people who were on it. I wonder I know. if that's like I, a thing. I think it must exist because um, Herb Morrison, the the guy who is um, whose voice we heard, is 
did interviews with people on the scene Mm. or something like interviews with people on the scene. So it must exist. And, and you're right that it must exist that like after the fact, there must have been interviews. Right. But Jeez. That's wild. Yeah. That is the story of the Hindenburg. Goodness. Yeah. Yep. Holy cow. Yeah. Did you bring a fact? I did. I'm going to get my notes here because it's also science-y. Ooh. All right. All right. So today's fact I learned on TikTok. (laughs) Excellent. Um, I I don't, do you know who Hank Green is? Yeah. um, Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So Hank Green has a wonderful TikTok um where he like gives facts but a lot of times they're like very advanced facts that are not like one-offs and Mm. um takes like a lot of research and time and his brain gets it way more than my brain which is fine um but he i was like scrolling the other day and he came up and was giving this fact about wet bulb temperature and it like shocked me so much because I had never heard of wet bulb temperature. Um, and apparently it's going to become um, like a, you know, like a third point of measurement um, in the U.S. Because basically the wet bulb temperature explains like survivability. That's word I think. <laughs> like your survivability in like the environment and I'm going to explain it a little bit more. So just for context, um, there are like three main measurements of temperature, which is dry bulb temperature, which is like the normal, you know, when you look on your phone, what the temperature is outside, that's like the thermometer temperature, um, you know, where it's like mercury is in the, you know, like you have a thermometer and the red thing at the bottom is like mercury when Mm -hmm. the temperature warms up it expands so the temperature rises you can see what the actual temperature is um then there's the heat index which is what the body is like interpreting moisture and heat and all these different things in the atmosphere heat index is like what your body feels it is outside so like in new york city it's like you know your body always feels like it's 10 degrees higher when it's super hot outside because of all those different factors Um, and then wet bulb energy is when you take a regular thermometer and you wrap it in wet, like cotton, like a wet cotton cloth. And I've seen some, some, uh, people have said that you have to like blow air on it, but other people have said, like other scientists have said that you just like let it naturally dry and once it's dry, whatever that temperature is on the thermometer is the wet bulb temperature. And basically that's explaining how the um, atmosphere is absorbing heat because when, and it's supposed to like, it's supposed to represent the human body. And when Mm. the human body sweats, you're releasing heat into the atmosphere. And apparently if the, so if there's 100% humidity out, the wet bulb temperature and the dry bulb temperature will be the same. So if it's, you know, it's 80 degrees out, there's 100% humidity, both of those things will be the same, like if it's raining or something. Okay. 
The danger of this is, and why we're going to see it more, is because as the earth warms, there's more moisture released into the air, and that creates higher wet bulb energy, which at 95 degrees Fahrenheit, 35 degrees Celsius, the human body can no longer sweat, and therefore you die within hours. So once the end, like, apparently the wet bulb temperature is going to become kind of this like, Hey, watch out. If you know, this is going to be the wet bulb temperature for the day. Uh, you need to get inside into air conditioner or into water or else you will literally die. Um, Mm. and the just, I don't know, like that, it like, created a way for me to like really understand global warming in like a very simple form of like why it's actually very very dangerous um that i've never really heard before you know like i understand global warming on like a a general scale and like all of the different things that go into it but i don't know something about this just like that you know you have to watch out for the wet bulb temperature if it reaches these like you need to get inside um and that's gonna have such an impact on like environmental workers farmers you know anybody who's working outside um like the you know electricity grid like the you know like everything it's just going to affect everything so if you start seeing that around um i don't know if it's primarily like only in the u.s or whatever probably not obviously but um you know they were doing some studies around like the equator different parts of the earth and the wet bulb temperature, like the the average, is rising and is going to be a very dangerous thing in the the near future if we don't address um, climate change wow. or, be, or be able to kind of reduce the heat war or the the earth warming. Um, yeah, so that's my really depressing <laughs> fact for today. But it, I don't know. It just like it just hit me in a way that hasn't. I don't know. That, that facts haven't hit me that way in quite some time so shout out to hank green yeah so so the so at that at 100 percent humidity and 95 degrees your body um like the sweat does not evaporate so it right. cannot cool you okay right. so it can't cool you so your body overheats because um you're because you you're the heat that your body naturally generates i guess just to like run your organs and like keep you alive that heat can't be released so exactly so you literally like you die from hyperthermia which is what happens your body gets overheated yeah right and that happens i mean in europe that's been happening more and more there'll be heat waves and so many places in europe don't have like people don't have air conditioning in their homes because Mm -hmm. like you didn't need it for a long time. Yeah. I don't know, it didn't exist obviously for a long time, but also you just straight up didn't need it. And um, in like India and Pakistan have, have like heat death waves that of, you know, hundreds or thousands of people mm-hmm. year after year. And that's horrific, horrific. Ugh. And so basically what you're saying is, is that, that that is going to become more and more common. Uh, yeah. I guess as the, as the earth warms and it was like, if it warms, yeah, like 1.5 or two degrees, if the earth warms at that rate, like 1.5 or two degrees, 
more than that that wet bulb temperature is going to be like consistently deadly during yeah. like whenever your summer months are or whatever <clears throat> wow. so it's it's a little bit scary so just Bad. you know keep an eye out on your local wet bulb temperature yeah yeah i wonder if that is going to i mean i think about some sports that like play in the summer outside yeah like things like that because they sometimes play on like extremely hot days it's mm -hmm. a very weird place for my brain to go with this information but i just think like that's going to be a thing where like heat heat buy games or whatever heat cancellations are going to be a thing yeah yeah for sure and but I wonder about things like, you know, people who work outside mm -hmm. like, oh, my gosh. Yeah. yeah, your your flight is going to get canceled because the yeah. guys because it's too hot. And yep. and right now, probably some flights should be delayed because it's too hot for the ramp guys or too cold for the ramp guys. Frankly, right. But right. I don't know. I don't know how yeah. people work on the ramp in that heat. Oh, my gosh. No. And I mean, they like if it reaches to that temperature, they literally will not be able to. Right. 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 Yeah. It's crazy. It's yeah. hard. It's, it's hard to imagine. It's so hot here in New York. Right. But it's Ugh. like so much hotter in like, Florida. Yeah. Like Florida yeah. is a place where they have a hundred percent humidity a lot. Yeah. And yeah. Yeah. yeah I think, I, I think from, from like what I was reading and, and researching, it's not actually too too common that the the wet bulb temperature gets to be like that 95 degrees celsius or 95 degrees jesus 95 degrees celsius uh fahrenheit or 35 degrees celsius but um it is going to be a problem like the averages are rising you know so it's not like right. it's right it's not necessarily happening on a wide scale right now but it it certainly is going to in the very near future right I remember there was a day, I don't know, I don't remember when it was, but since we've lived here or since at least since um, Brian and I have lived here where mm -hmm. there was a day that was so hot that there was like this advisory to, I know this happens sometimes when it's super cold to here in New York, but there was, it was so hot that they were saying like homeless people, like go to the hospital, go to a shelter, go to a police department, go to a fire, yeah. like go to Blinks ask centers, if you yeah. can stand inside anywhere, like just go inside somewhere that's yep. air conditioned because like you'll die out on the street yeah. or yeah. I think about, um, I mean, I don't know, every year, every single year, there's waves of deaths in India and Pakistan, particularly. Mm -hmm. That's where I like hear about it on the news often. I know it happens in other countries. Um, but I always think about like, I don't know, like Mariah, you know this, and I don't know some of our darling friends out there know that, um, I had the privilege of spending uh, a few months in India a long time ago. And mm. uh, part of that experience was visiting uh, like hundreds of homes, like individual yeah. homes. And obviously some of those homes were beautiful homes. Like, you know, uh, like India is a diverse country with mm -hmm. a huge uh, range of lifestyles and homes but a lot of those homes were i mean you know like yeah shacks made out of garbage right like right, that's what right. they were and 
and you know just like tarps and and yeah if it's if it's that temperature outside there's no inside there is no, no inside right. there, there's it's definitely not, no right. it's not sustainable right there's no air conditioning but like air conditioning would be like a ridiculous fantasy because there's no nothing yeah right there's just yes exactly and i think that's why this fact shocked me so much because uh, like i think i grew up uh, and maybe i don't know maybe you had this experience too but i i grew up thinking that air conditioning was a very advanced luxury like we did not have air conditioning in our home we yeah really didn't have air conditioning in the car growing up like you know yeah, it was same. it was definitely a luxury yeah like my grandparents had it um but they were oh, like you know established and had like you know were older and they deserved it like um yeah. and i didn't realize i was kind of conditioning too yes they do exactly <laughs> in my baby brain i was like i don't deserve it it's just a luxury Aww. but and i think i like have a little bit of that i had a little bit of that left over and i've kind of um as I've gotten older, like I've caved more. It's like, yeah, I deserve this luxury, but it's actually I, why the facts stuck out to me so much is because it's like, no, 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 this is like, we're, we're doing this to the earth and it is going to become dangerous. And air conditioning is like, could save lives. Like it's not actually a luxury anymore. And I think, um, I actually think something like that is going to have to be addressed across the world like making air conditioning accessible i know that seems like impossible in a lot of areas in the world um you know but it's like there's going to be very very dire consequences if it doesn't happen or and we probably need a better system for air conditioning too because obviously yes. on some level air conditioning contributes to global warming but exactly like, but heat's right. the same way right like heat is not a luxury in buffalo no like you can't no. You can't you, live you there can't. without heat. Yeah. Right. It's not possible. And I guess air conditioning, there's like places in the world where like, yeah, you, you are in real danger. You, you could live for a while. Like if you were hard up and you had to like live in an abandoned house in Buffalo and you had like lots of blankets, like you might be able to like make it work. People did survive, sure. but they, but, but, but you might die one night. Like there might be a night yeah. where it gets too cold and you die. And it's like that, like people can live for a long time with no air conditioning. And there might be a time where one day you can't anymore. Like one yeah. day it hits whatever temperature and all of a sudden there's so many, I, I really like the heat and, and you do not. <laughs> and I remember like going to death Valley with Bri, with oh, my husband. God. And um, one of the things that stood in my mind was like, was like your dog doesn't think this is a fun adventure no your no. dog is just like why are, why is it so yeah. hot right yeah. yeah just like something is terribly wrong and they're yeah. basically like you might feel fine you're drinking enough water obviously don't leave your dog in the car like don't even <laughs> Jeez, think about it right? right but also like be mindful of your dog once you get mm -hmm. out of your car and are walking around because your your poor dog can't sweat your dog can't right. you know just panting but yeah, yeah, I think I read somewhere, yeah, like the um, the wet bulb temperature, I think, is lower for certain animals or something, like the like at oh, what temperature they can survive. I forget the fact yeah. exactly, but... Well, I guess animals all have different body temperatures, like warm-blooded right. animals have different baseline right. body temperatures, but... It's crazy. Yeah. So, Wild. Yeah. Wild. Um, and remember that action on climate change should not be left up to individuals feeling like they should recycle. It should be handled by yeah. the 
the governments and companies that are creating the problem. Framing, framing, taking care of the planet like it's individuals' responsibility. Of course, individuals have responsibility. Of course, of course. Right. But every single individual they talked about, I I remember reading about this right at the beginning of of the pandemic, that almost everybody in America, like when everything shut down, most people are doing just about everything Mm -hmm. they possibly could to reduce their carbon footprint right people aren't driving anywhere people are staying inside people are um you know like everything is just greatly reduced right everything you Mm -hmm. would normally do um and it it obviously doesn't make that big of a dent because there's still like like the anyway blah blah blah. so welcome to comrade corner (laughs) welcome back so yeah we're showing our true colors Every day, we'll see if this makes it in. If this makes yeah. it in, we want. I'm them here to make... for it. I know. I don't want to divide our friends. No, of course sneak. not. We love everyone is welcome at the podcast. Everyone is everybody. Welcome. It's true. We enjoy conversation. It it's like let's have the conversation. The frustrating yeah. part is when we can't have those conversations, or it's like so just unwelcomed. We welcome all and all conversations. Yeah. 100%. Yeah. yeah. Anything that's. Yeah. I mean, we just covered Nazis, so. I know. Right. <laughs> but yeah. <sighs> Thank you for sharing that fact. Scary fact. Yeah, scary fact. I always think about, for some reason, whenever it gets really, really hot. Did you ever watch? We'll try to lighten it up. We'll zip back up. Because uh, it's a yeah, sad zip, episode. Zip but us the, up, Casey. Um, <laughs> do you. Uh, what is that? Um, the odd couple did you ever watch the odd couple the tv show or the movie i don't think so it's it's from like maybe the late 60s early 70s i don't think so and um it's i've heard of it i've definitely heard of it yeah there's like a movie and everybody liked the movie so much that they made it into a tv show and Mm. um i really liked it um a lot but and there's in the movie, there's like a part where it's just crazy hot and it's in New York City. Um, the seven year itch has scenes like this, too. And like I, it always stands out to me watching old movies where people are trying to deal with the heat and like nobody does have air conditioning, air conditioning, just yeah. not on the it's just not one of the things that's around. Right. And so um, there was like a scene in I think it's in The Odd Couple where uh, there are like these two neighbors who are women who are roommates and they're talking about um, trying to stay cool. And they talked about sitting in front of their fridge door with the fridge door <laughs> open. And it just like set me on fire. My oh little my baby brain. So You're I can't I can't stand it. Close your fridge door. <laughs> Shut it. But if they're going to die, if they're going to die, I guess all your food's going to be rotten. (laughs) Right. Yeah, that's true. It's like an old school. It's like a classic (laughs) refrigerator, too. So it's like, I don't know. Right. Is it really cooling you that much? Right. It's not efficient. No, no, no. If you notice in the summer that in your fridge or freezer, there's all of a sudden like two inches of of um, frost. It's because you're leaving it open too long. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's true. I remember fighting with our our dearly, who we love more than anything, an old roommate of ours. Do you remember me trying not to fight with her about that? <laughs> yes. 
<laughs> oh my gosh. It would be like 90 degrees and she would leave the freezer door just open. <laughs> open for just minutes And then long. she was like, why is there two inches of frost right. in the fridge? And I was like, it's because you're leaving it open. And she was like, no, this is just a thing that happens in summer to freezers. Yeah. And I was like, yeah. it happens to your Yours. freezers <laughs> because you just leave it open. <laughs> I remember ah! after we moved, after you moved out, I... I still had a little bit of that, like, oh, let's close. Let's why is this open? Let's close it. Just close I've, I've, it. I've, yeah, I definitely um, took some of that on. I'm a little more. I'm a little more. Um, what's the word? I don't want to use the word liberal, but I'm a little more liberal with flexible. how long flexible. Yeah. There we go. Of how long yeah. I can uh, keep the Hard. fridge open. My dad was gonna come spank you. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that's getting cut but the um yeah i know i just i brian wanted to like rearrange stuff in the freezer the other day and i was like no we have to wait until winter to rearrange stuff in the freezer (laughs) like can't have the freezer door open i either need to not be here or ooh, i need to not be here and just not know about it i can't know i can't know so Mm. that's the episode guys yeah like subscribe so yeah join us it. on instagram new we've people heard, we've had a lot of good conversations on instagram lately it's been so fun we love yeah. talking to you yeah it's been a really good time thanks for i i guess instagram is the way to go i don't know that seems to be the communication chat yeah, yeah it's it's been really cool to see all of you yeah we love talking to you mm-hmm. and uh we love all of you so much and i love you mariah Um, i love you too we got new people i cannot imagine any of the new people making it to this part but if you are some of the new people (laughs) welcome we love you so much it's so good to talk to you yeah um you can email us at the podcrashed at gmail.com you can find us on instagram and tiktok you can that's it. But we love you so much. We love to hear from you. If we made a mistake, definitely let us know. I, yeah, I guess I first right. I this is um, you know, I don't know if there's any like additional theories out there. Um, sure, yeah. Like what the dealio is or why, um, why this happened. But I'm I don't I don't think I'm leaving anything out. Hopefully, yeah. So this was a yeah. science heavy episode, and we are not scientists, but we, you know, do our best. So let us know. Do our best. We just do our best. Thank you so much for listening to this week's episode of The Pod Crashed. We so hope you enjoyed it. Thank you to Steve Jamardino, our buddy, uh, for writing that song about flying on a blimp. Uh, You can find him on Instagram and Spotify and anywhere where you can find music. Uh, Sorry that this episode is coming a day late. Uh, Our car died on the way home from a vacation and it just threw the whole week off. So uh, thank you for being gracious with us. Uh, Thanks for being such a great bunch of people. We love, love, love hearing from you because you are such a great bunch of people. Uh, you can email us at thepodcrushed at gmail.com. You can also find us on Instagram and TikTok. 
Uh, we love hearing from you. If you heard anything that we didn't get quite right, if you know more about airships than I do, which wouldn't be hard, <laughs> and want to add to our knowledge, uh, go ahead and throw us an email. Thanks again. Okay. Thanks for listening. See you next week. Smoking on the plane, flying high above a favorite town. What could possibly go wrong when we're smoking together a thousand miles above the ground?